Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Tringale. And in this week's episode, my guests are Kevin and Rockney from Willow Rock Brewing Company. Uh, well, hey, this is the first episode of the year 2023. And I've been wanting to have Kevin and Rockney on for a while. Um, I think, uh, well, I could have them on again and talk to him for another hour or so, because there's a lot of stuff I'd love to talk to him about that we didn't get to cover, and that happens with pretty much all the guests that I have on the, for the podcast. But, uh, yeah, I'm really gra- glad that I was able to finally get them on the podcast. I do work for them. Uh, so Eat Local New York, we manage the social media. I manage their social media, create their content for the brewery. So I've wor- I've known them for, you know, over a year now and been working for them, and it's a blast. They're great to work with, and... It's just interesting to get their perspective on beer. Um, you know, they're they're really brand oriented with a lot of stuff they do and business focused, and and yet they still have fun. So it was it was a great time sitting down and talking with them, and today to kind of see that even more in our conversation on the podcast. Um, yeah, there's a thousand different things I could talk to them about in terms of the beer industry, but. Um, I think it was fun just to talk about how they got started and, and um, yeah, and then talk about a little bit of nothing, a little bit of nothing. Uh, anyways, I hope that you had a great Christmas and a great New Year. Um, I'm excited. You know, today I'm record. I've recorded three episodes today with some phenomenal people, and they're gonna be coming out over the next couple weeks. And um, just ex- I'm getting really excited for some stuff we just started doing here at local New York, which you're gonna start to see the fruition of coming out on our social channels over the next couple weeks. Um, but 2023 is going to be a great year. I know it. It's going to be a great year. All right. Uh, I'm not going to ramble or talk about anything else. We're just going to get into this week's episode. It's my conversation with Kevin and Rockney from Willow Rock Brewing Company. fridge in the garage so i have all the cans is that the best part about owning a brewery is that you just get to drink whatever you want whenever you want um no i'd say the best part of the owning a brewery is really the people that uh i didn't like that's not is that like, a bullshit answer? no it's not a bullshit <laughs> answer. We're on a podcast. <laughs> no <laughs> and like podcast answer one of the things that i've really enjoyed I don't, I don't even know if we're recording so i don't really we care <laughs> uh one of the things i've loved the most about owning the brewery and being it is really sharing like what we've been able to create and art effectively art with people and being able to see them enjoy it mm-hmm. and like I could have continued to make beer in my basement and in my kitchen that I enjoyed just to drink on my own if that's what I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. I really wanted to share it with other people, and that's that's one of the best things of, you know, owning a brewery, to me anyway, is yeah. being able to serve that across the bar, see the smiles, see people enjoy it, and sometimes see people not enjoy it. But, like, <laughs> overwhelming, it's more enjoying than not enjoying. So that's really been the big part to me about owning a brewery that I've enjoyed. I for one like the beer. <laughs> is that so? How did you all get started? Is that were you home brewing? It's Kevin's fault. It's always yeah. Kevin's fault. Uh, yes. <laughs> nah, so uh, I was living in Charlotte at the time, and I came home for Christmas. You know, late one year, and uh, 
you know, Kev was like, hey, you know, I got a homebrew kit for Christmas. Try this. I made it. And, you know, I cracked open. I'm like, oh, you made a beer. Interesting. Uh, drank it. It's terrible. Um, <laughs> so it was, I was like, though. cool. Yeah. It was yeah, the right, right. time I mean, these, of our life that it was alcohol. Yeah, these are the Keystone really days. So, like, it got me drunk. So it was fine. Um, and then, you know, I went back home and uh, was, you know, kind of like, that was actually kind of cool. Like, you made something. I like making shit. Um, sorry if we can't say shit on your podcast. I think I've already sworn at least um, twice yeah, you already. Can say whatever you want. And, uh, Explicitly. You know, it was, it was neat. It was interesting. Got, you know, the gears turning. And then uh, shortly thereafter, I ended up moving back uh, to Buffalo uh, and started homebrewing myself. Uh, and then we got a little obsessed, and we were brewing every week. We were going back and forth between Buffalo and Syracuse and... You had a lot of friends that were drinking for free. Ten, at that ten point. gallons a week. Yeah, we. Yeah, we had yeah. a lot of friends drinking lot for of free friends at, that at that point of our lives. House parties like four or five days a week, and by parties I mean yeah, four, four or five people, and that was. It's not exactly. A, it's not like the house was full of people or no. anything like that. But what kind of beers were you making? Oh, everything. Anything. I mean, you know, this was this was what probably two thousand eight, two thousand nine, and you know it was that sort of the tail end of kind of like the IBU wars and stuff. So, you know, we were making blistering IPAs, but you know, Amber ales were still cool. And, you know, we, we were doing kind of whatever we could, you know, it's, it's the, it was the beginning stages of a hobby yeah. for us. The West coast was really and everything coming from the West coast, the bear republics, the right, stones, yeah. like that was that era that still like, hard to get quote unquote. Yeah. You could go to, you know, RIP to both these places, but blue Tusk mm-hmm. and Jay Ryan's and you'd find, crazy stuff from the west coast like the mm. east coast really hadn't started growing yet with its own style so it was all the california and the oregon beers and the washington beers mm. that were really coming here and everybody was chasing them at that point yeah we're making a lot of that and then you know time goes by and your you know your obsession becomes uh you know a full-on hobby and and you know you, you dedicate time and money and expense to it and mm. then one day we found a, a three and a half barrel professional "Quote unquote professional brew system for sale uh, from uh, shout out to Bonfire Brewing in uh, Colorado Eagle Colorado uh, Eagle Colorado Yep and small uh, town. I expected w- that to be a lot bigger of a town I had no idea but very I, small town I knew what e- like I had recognized that name I expected a little bit bigger than like what I mean it was it was one street Yeah it was I'm not sure like they had North a stoplight Yeah near North Syracuse Main Street type of thing <laughs> but like that was a great little town coffee shop was nice Mm -hmm. and uh yeah so anyway we flew out there and we bought it we said hey uh this isn't a crazy investment this isn't this isn't super expensive um so we'll buy this used equipment if we ever do it we'll do it so after that you know (laughs) when you put down a couple of thousand dollars you're like oh i guess i have to kind of get serious about this now (laughs) so uh kevin kevin went to uh the siebel institute of (laughs) technology in chicago and uh i'm a bit more bookish so i just started uh, reading and reading, well, continuing reading and reading about brewing, kind of everything I could find. Um, had a couple of industry friends, so did a couple of internships brewing. Uh, thank you, Christopher. And uh, yeah, you know, just uh, decided to make the jump. And I think I wrote our first business plan in 2009, 2010. Hmm. And then took us, uh, you know, so long ago. full five years to, to find a place and really make it happen. So. Hmm. Yeah, it took a long time to find a building. And you wouldn't think that it would take a long time to find a building, but it, it was crazy the number of buildings we looked at. And we looked at everything in Syracuse, I think. I, one of the big things was a trench drain because we didn't want to dig our own. We didn't have and, any money, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Putting in a trench drain is like 
20 grand at least. And I'm like, uh, or jackhammering for days on your own. Right. Or, yeah. Or I got to cut the concrete myself and I don't want to do that either. So and still have to pay a plumber to tie it all into something. So, uh, yeah, so we, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really have, um, you know, to start a brewery, you should be, uh, well capitalized and, uh, experienced in, you know, we were neither of course. So, uh, yeah, we started yeah. the way most people do. Hmm. Um, what's in the any business. saying? Uh, if you want to make a, if you want to make it, if you want to make a small fortune in brewing, Start with a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which holds true, as yeah. far yeah. as I know, yes. across the day. board. Bud has the same thing for uh, restaurants. If you want to make a million dollars in a restaurant, start with two. Start with two. Like that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Why is that? Because in, in beer, I mean, you're, the cost is so minimal, isn't it? I mean, it's like, I mean, not if you factor time, but just if you factor in your raw ingredients, uh a beer could cost you like less than a dollar, correct? Yeah, it's that time thing um, you left yeah. out. Yeah, stainless <laughs> yeah. steel is not cheap. Yes. Right. And like yeah. you're talking normally to enter, <clears throat> and it's gotten better in this state now, but normally to enter the business, you need to be fully approved. So you have to have a location and you have to get all your licenses in order. It's gotten better with the state now that you can get temporary permits and stuff like that. But back when we were starting, like, it was a year. You had to have basically a year's worth of rent in your back pocket. We did. Because you needed Well, we didn't time, have it, but we used mm-hmm. it, yeah. Uh, in order to have your paperwork in. And that was really your big barrier to entry. So if you had a big building that cost you $5,000 a month and it took you, took you a year to get licensed, mm-hmm. you're out a big chunk of change that you're trying to make up the second you can open. Yeah, and, and you know, that, that holds true for us, too. Like, you know, <clears throat> we bought this cheap little system and, you know, we had to pay – you know, uh, uh, multiple thousands of dollars to get the building ready to go. And there wasn't even that much to do. Shipping. Um, <laughs> get all that stuff back here. Oh, well, that, yeah. But, like, even even after that cost that we had already spent, like, you know, we had to spend a lot of money to get our building ready to wait an entire year to be licensed. Yep. So it was, you know, every month hmm. we're going further and further into debt. You know, the, the bank was great and, and helped us. Um with a loan then, but it was like, all right, cool. So we start, we started, yeah, we started this basically as cheaply as we possibly could. Hmm. And we're, and we're still going in, you know, 10 times over capital in debt. Hmm. And I think that's why you're starting to see so many breweries open up on their own property. Oh yeah. In their Mm -hmm. own barns. Cause like, you know, you can modify a barn. At least it's still your property at the end of the day. Well, yeah, yeah farm farms are different too. You know, they don't they don't have to do a lot of the stuff yeah. inspections and stuff that it's very true. Standard uh, retail businesses have to go through, which is you know whatever. That's fine. Like actual farms or just farm license? Actual farms. Yeah. yeah like, no. No. Yeah. Not the farm license. Farm. Actual working farms. Mm. Yep. Um, but you know, they just have a little more uh, clearance mm. to do work themselves, mm. electrical, plumbing, etc. Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah, that's wild because you do have to have like they require you to hire professionals for some of that stuff. Oh yeah, it's all got to be licensed and bonded, insured, all that jazz. And yeah, you know, like you know, I could run that plumbing in two minutes. Like, why can't I just go do it? Yeah. Oh no, it ha- you know, where you know it has to be air tested and pressure tested and all this. And I, look, all of that's important. It's right. a business. And There's people walking in. We understand. Right. It comes down could, to safety yeah. and yeah, you know, uh, the integrity of. You know the businesses around you. You know Somebody if, if your plumbing leaks in your house, it's your house's problem. Yeah. If your business is plumbing leaks, yeah. you know it's everyone's problem. So hmm. definitely good and makes sense. But it is one of those things when you're com- coming into business, you're like, oh god, 
how many more thousands of dollars do I got to lay out now? And I think that kind of changes from county to county as well. I know like Onondaga County is a lot of, there's a lot of red tape in Onondaga County, but there's a lot of red tape in every city. As you start to get further out into the country, smaller towns, things like that, it might be a little bit easier. I can't speak to any of that, but I don't know. Yeah. I never did it. Yeah. I never, never had to go that route yet. So yeah, it wasn't like, uh, you know, I don't want to just shit on like opening a business, but yeah, it was, that was the hardest part about it was uh, sort of going through everything. And, and, you know, we didn't come in blind to it. Like, you know, I, I had reached out to the permits office and sort of all, all the different departments of people that were going to need to do inspections and stuff and had everything ready. And, you know, my eyes dotted and my T's crossed and stuff. And it still, it still was a difficult process. So well, your stamp wasn't wet enough on that from the architect. So, oh, no, God. you got you got to try again. Stop giving me flashbacks. <laughs> Yeah, lots of stamp drawings. <laughs> what was that? What was the brewery landscape like when you first opened up? <clears throat> uh, it was really just so obvious. Empire and Middle Ages were here. Uh, if you want to, Syracuse Suds was downtown, still open at the time. They weren't really making a lot of their own beer. They had some on tap, but they weren't really making it. Uh, Eastwood beat us to the punch, right? And yes, three one five beat us to the punch, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they didn't beat us by much. Pretty close. I think WT technically beat us by like what a month or two. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we, yeah, we were at their bar because I had emailed them. Yeah, that's right. And, and we Mike were at was the old farm. it was at, yeah, it was at Mike's yeah. house, and he's he sitting there serving us. beer like these weird Willow Rock guys emailed. I don't know why Mike talks like that. He doesn't, but that, these Willow Rock guys Mike emailed me. I'm like, hi, like, I'm at the bar. We're over here. How you doing? And, and that's how we met Rich and Mike. Yep, for the first time. Yep. As industry friends. Yep. What was it? I mean, it, you know, a, a lot has changed. I mean, that was, what, seven years ago? Yeah. So a lot's changed in the local craft. It was technically eight years ago because that was even before. Oh, shit, it's 2023. Yeah, I what think, uh, I mean, it took us a year. We were in that building for a year, and we might not even have had the building at that point, but maybe we did. Yeah. No, and you know what? So I think I think we opened you – know, I'm sure you can attest to this. Syracuse is a city that's a little bit, not, I'm not going to say behind the times, but we, we follow the curve generally. Yeah. You know, we're not, uh, we're fashionably late to the party sometimes. So I feel like, you know, nationwide. It sounds like me. Nationwide we were, no, you're just late. Um, <laughs> nationwide we were at the tail end of the big brewery growth in yeah. Syracuse. And we were still seeing, you know, after we opened, a lot of breweries have, have continued to open. Yeah. But I think at this point we're getting to the tail end of the, the brewery opening boom in Syracuse. And I think it's made the, the craft beer landscape phenomenal. Yeah. Like, oh, there's some great beer coming out of every place in Syracuse. Everybody's got kind of a specialty to really for a go to. I know, would I would enjoy like it, it it may not be home runs across the board, but it's not like everybody's striking out on Tap after tap after tap. Yeah, I think I think if you know, if this is what the beer scene looked like in in two thousand eight two thousand nine when we were thinking about this, it, it would have been a much different conversation. Like, mm-hmm. all right, uh, you know, probably be opening a bar, it, right? Yeah, just for beer. all the good beer. Uh, and yeah, and it was like you know, when we opened, it was there was just a couple, and you know, hey, we can be kind of the new fresh face, you know, because at that point, the two breweries in town were both twenty years old, or mm. well. A little, you know, 15 years old. And like Middle Ages has made leaps and bounds, but Middle Ages when we were opening was. Uh, oh, just still, OG, the OG English. Yeah, it was OG. It yeah. was a lot of English styles. They weren't making the hazies. They weren't doing what they're doing now. And they've made 
huge changes to what they were doing. And I love, I love all of them, new tap room, everything. Mm. Uh, but yeah, at and the like, time, you know, when they're just, you know, you get a growler, do your samples. Yeah. And then you're out you the do door. your samples like, twice. Your if thing. you know, you were good mm. with the bartender. And you and could, yeah. And you could get a, in middle ages was everywhere around town too. Yeah. So you didn't really think, Hey, want a middle ages beer. I got to go to middle ages. Yeah. Now you want a middle ages beer. You want to go there. Not that you can't find them everywhere around town as well, but like now you're like, Hey, let's go to the middle ages tap room. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of changed a lot too, since when we opened, because a lot at the time it was just like, let's just go to the bar. And now you're like, Hey, I want to drink some of their beer. Let's go try. Let's mm. go to that place. I wonder if, I wonder how much the people in general in Syracuse think that way. Cause I don't, well, I guess I do kind of think that way, but I, I don't really look at beer. Not that I'm uh, an avid, you know, uh, consumer, uh, especially since the since the babies come around. I haven't been drinking as much beer. Uh, I've been drinking a lot more bourbon and doing a lot of Coke. Uh, no, but um, uh, and, I by co- <sighs> and by Coke, you mean cola, right? Yeah, to stay awake, <laughs> more caffeine. Uh, but uh, I don't. So I haven't been drinking as much beer, but I would typically only be getting beer from either like I'm going to get Bud Light because I'm at Wegmans and I want to get something cheap to have today or I would be going to Willarock because I work for you guys or I'd be going to Buried Acorn because I like Tim. Um, and even it's hard to not like it, Tim. Blink yeah. twice if yeah. you need help. Do you, do you really <laughs> like Tim? Um, there would be times with friends where we would say, hey, let's go here. But very rarely was that like, oh, I, I really want a Willow Rock beer. Let's go specifically to Willow Rock. I'd be thinking of, you know, yeah. who you around know, town I, so has it. I'll put it. I'll put it in your restaurant tour mind. So like, um, I view that, and I, and I think a lot of people view it like, if I Grubhub a three one fried sandwich, is that the authentic three one fried experience? No. Right. And. I think that we're lucky in Syracuse to have a lot of great bars that will give you the same authentic Willow Rock experience with our products. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I I think the way beer has become now, and especially with like, you know, people doing like one offs and stuff like that, is you you go to the place to get the best experience possible. And you're seeing brewery tap rooms become um, a place beyond just the pint. Mm-hmm. So whether it's the events that people are doing, uh, you know, the comfort level that people have, you know, we've hosted everything from baby showers to, you know, political office events to like, you know, we host our neighborhood association. Like, mm-hmm. you know, these are things that we had an Irish wake. We did have, have an Irish wake. That was, whoa, that's all I want to go. That's all I want to go. I'll tell you that. And, much. uh, it, you know, and it, it's just one of those things that, um, you know, breweries have become community spaces to a degree. And I think you see that in, uh, you know, beer drinkers, but you also see it a little bit wider than that too. So I think, you know, for the authentic beer drinker who wants the best experience, you know, you want to go there. And maybe not every time, you know what I mean? Like you're not making that choice like, all right, I want a beer. I must go here and then here and then here because, you know, that's a lot of miles on the car and, or the Uber or whatever. But, yeah, I think mostly people mm-hmm. looking for that experience, you know, they're going to come, they're going to spend, you know, they're not just there. It's not like going to the bar for a pint and then getting back home real quick. You know, it's it's the person that's coming in and, and saying, all right, I'm going to spend a minute, have a couple of beers, try some stuff I haven't had and yeah, 
Yeah, and I mean, to speak to that point, too, I feel like, and like, I almost see this on a regular basis, especially when I'm bartending on, like, the weekends. A lot of people, when they're day drinking and going around sampling at brewery, they're doing their little brewery tour, to them, it's not really drinking. Uh, they're going to sample a bunch of stuff, and obviously, like, the end game might not have been to get drunk, but they're probably going to get drunk if they go to enough places but it is to sample a bunch of stuff support local in that type of sense and you know, I just get the feeling that a lot of people think that it's not drinking mm. like it's not going to the bar and hammering 27 Bud Lights and doing six shots Yeah, like it's not a night on the town of where they're drinking they're going out they're sampling a couple of things they're kind of coasting through life and they're just kind of enjoying themselves mm. versus alright we're going to yeah. You know, Applebee's, and we're going to drink four beers and do two shots. It's bad. What's the most amount that you've ever drank at Applebee's? What's the most amount yeah, I've like ever drank the, at Yeah, like just the most turnt you got at Applebee's. Sorry, I'm asking the questions now. I actually, um, no, I don't know what his answer is going to be, but. What's yours? I, I have a bet, I have a good answer. So uh, we, me and my wife used to get done bartending and go to Applebee's because it was one of the very few kitchens that were still open. Would they line you shots up as they soon as you walk in the door? They would not line shots up. We normally were going to bed afterwards, so we would take advantage of their half-price appetizers in-house. All right, this is boring. Anthony, what do you and got? And then do like... I, I think I had three beers at most. All right, yeah, no, but all right, nobody all right. wants three beers at an Applebee's. Story. I might be well. No, I probably I've probably had about six or seven plus two shots. I used to work in what? Buffalo. Yeah, all right. As a regional sales manager for Metro Mattress, and um, Applebee's was the place. That's to the hang sleep superstore. It is. The, it was this. Yeah. Well, Applebee's um, can be too after that amount of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it was a very stupid decision in my life. But I was because I no. was. I was like the regional trainer living here in Syracuse. I just started dating Rebecca. I think we had been dating for like two or three weeks, maybe a month. And then my boss was like, hey, this position opened up in Buffalo. It paid a ton of money. And he was like, do you want it? I was like, yes. And uh, I didn't think through, wait a minute. (laughs) I just bought a house. I just started dating this girl. How am I going to? Am I going to commute every day? Am I going to move out there? How long am I going to... They couldn't tell me how long I was going to be out there. They're like, you might be out there for a month. You might be out there for a year. And we won't know until you get out there. And I'm like, okay. So I was staying in either hotels or if I could like negotiate a good rate at a hotel or I was like staying at Airbnbs. And I love that you're, you were pulling like the press credential at hotels <laughs> like before Eat Local. That's great. Yeah. I had to eat local. Uh, there we go. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. I had to eat local at the time, which was another consideration I didn't take into it because it was eat local CNY then. So I was like, Ooh, well, yeah. what am I going to do in Buffalo? But uh, yeah, so I would like, I would often stay, I forget, it was like a somewhat of a nice hotel, like a Holiday Inn or something. It wasn't a Holiday Inn, but something like that in Niagara Falls. And if I if the rooms were I was there in the winter time, keep that in mind. So I went there in January or I went there in December. So if I could, if the rates were like thirty five bucks a night, forty bucks a night, I would stay there. If they weren't, I would go get this Airbnb all the way up in Lewiston. Oh, that is so far away, right on the border. (laughs) That is not even close. And uh, like the next exit for you know for it was like it's like Lewiston in Canada. and so uh, I would stay at this Airbnb, beautiful home. There was this woman who was a former, like, very successful architect who was training to become a nun. 
That's that's what I said. Okay. And so she had this gorgeous five. She write a book. <laughs> she had this gorgeous five Probably. bedroom home, and she would Airbnb like four of the rooms out. And so I would stay there some nights, and um, you know, if I could get the hotel. But anyways, uh, where's the Applebee's coming to this? So wow, I would, right. this yeah, is a we long are. story to get to yeah. Applebee's. I would close out the stores, you know, like eight nine o'clock at night. Sure my numbers and then i would go to the applebee's in niagara falls <laughs> oh and that's <laughs> pretty like... much if i didn't stay in the hotel which had a restaurant and a bar in the lobby then i would and i was in and Lew- going to lewiston then i would go to the applebee's on my way up to lewiston and uh um yeah i'd get like you know half-priced apps and some see, you know it's all about right, see the apps, apps, come, back. The apps right. come back because without those half price apps, you're not drinking that much. You're not, you're not pounding. No, you know, like nine if, drinks. You're, if you're gonna right. eat one burger and some fries and maybe one app, <laughs> did like you you're save not all the Buffalo Metro mattresses? Let's wrap this up. I actually <laughs> did not save all the Buffalo Metro mattresses. I think uh, things were were worse were worse off. Well, not for effort. So yeah, good job on. <laughs> wow, that's. It was well. That, Applebee's did the, all the Metro mattresses yeah. in. I feel like Metro mattress now has a case against Applebee's. Get some money back. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, that's actually. It was either Applebee's or Five Guys. That's one of the reasons. So when I was when I first met Rebecca, I had just come off of like a seven month. I was training. I was convinced. I even signed up for it. It was going to do this bike race, the Trans America bike race. Oh, that's a big one, bud. Yeah, you start in Astoria, Oregon. You self sell. You know, no crew or anybody to help you self-supported bike race across the country you end in yorktown virginia and i had are bought, you much of a biker so at the time i was i had okay. bought like a i had bought i was heavy into it i was i was biking cycling like 50 miles a week which isn't a lot for like a cyclist so somebody's really into it but um actually i was probably doing i was now i was maybe doing about 100 a week because on weekends i would go on long rides and at one point, I was going to do like this test ride where I took a week's vacation. I was going to cycle from my house up around um, Lake Ontario. So up through Canada, mm-hmm. come back through Buffalo. And I was going to take the week to do it. I think that's called the shit I wish I had a boat tour. <laughs> yeah. That ferry still active from no. Toronto to Rochester? Yeah. That's, uh, that's the yeah. name of that tour. Wait, there's a, there's a ferry from Toronto to Rochester? There was. Yeah. Oh, I think it ran like. One or two times or something like that. Then there was I, don't like, I don't know anything about that. I remember that that was supposed they called to open. the Edmund Fitzgerald. Or? I don't know. That was supposed <laughs> to open when we were in college, I believe, at Oswego. That would be amazing that, if it was. Yeah. Well, I thought. Are you I don't sure this think isn't it, something we drunk made up? I I mean, I definitely <laughs> could have made this up. Can somebody? Hopefully, we'll get some comments on this, and somebody yeah. will tell me that that kid dear is internet. So find it wrong. There should definitely be that ferry. I thought they were, <laughs> that I thought would be they like were a like a ten hour ferry. Be like. I'm still on this boat. Shit. There, Can so you there, bring your car? There yeah. Is, oh, yeah, yeah. I want this ferry now. Yeah. Well, there is a ferry that goes from uh, up, you know, A Bay across, you know, into Canada. And, well, that's like 10 feet. Right. Um, but it's not. You can it, accidentally end up in Canada if you're in the thousands. Oh, and they're right. so mad if you're doing that. Especially your, if you with have your beer, fishing. Especially if you have oh. beer on the boat. Oh, mm. all right. Yeah. Well, that happened. Uh, no, we did have beer on the boat. Never mind. That happened uh, with uh, one of the fishing trips I was up there. One of the boat, the other boat, because it was like a fishing, like a guided yeah. fishing tour type thing. Uh. The other boat just crossed over the border, and the guy on the captain was just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, we no, it's it's lines up, boys, and like cro- quickly got back across the border. Yeah. And he was just like, "What?" And he was just like, 
A, we were just in Canada. <laughs> and B, like we had beer on the boat. So that would have been like all your beer would have been their beer. And we would have all been in jail for the rest of the day. That's crazy. There was that story. I, forget, I think I don't know which lake it was. What's the lake that is over in Michigan? One time the- Canada made me stay in Canada because I was too drunk. Did I ever tell you that story? Every time I try to cross the border, when I try to walk across the border from... Uh, that, that right there. Uh, yeah. You and look like the fucking Unabomber. I would not I, let you walk across my border off, either. First <laughs> off, I did not look like this when I was walking across the border. Um, second off, they always ask me if I ever lived in Florida. You did used Florida. to be nice, neatly trimmed. In Florida? Yeah, they were like, hey, did you live in Florida? I'm like, no. <laughs> Are you Florida man? I've been, I've been asked this three <laughs> they times. They thought you were a Florida man. Uh, and... Every single, t- like the third time I was just like, so what's wrong with my ID that I've been asked this three times? There and is the some, person was like, just like, <laughs> <laughs> he's on to us. Nothing. There is You're some, fine. Yeah, Go ahead. And some, I'm like. There is some Florida drug runner that looks just like neatly beard trimmed to you. That's hilarious. I, listen, I don't know. That's like, great. That kept coming up. Like it definitely happened three times while I was in college. And I'm like, hand my ID over. They'd look at it. They'd be like, so when you lived in Florida, and I was just like, I never lived in Florida. And they'd be like. I'm like, does everybody type one number wrong on my ID or something when they're looking up my stuff? Mm. I, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, but it happened more than once that I actually asked on the last time, and then they just like went back to typing, and they're like, all right, you can go. Mm. <laughs> there was some story years ago of like all these like 50 people or 100, something like that. It was like some big party. They were all drinking, hanging out in this lake, and they were all like out on like tubes, you know, lounging in the well the current and the wind picked up and blew them into Canada. And they were all hammered on these inner tubes and now in Canada. <laughs> and um, there was like, it was like a big story because can't like the Canadian government didn't penalize them or arrest them or anything. They just like got them all on boats and got them back over to America. I forget what lake that was though. Anyways. So I never, I mean, I, it's probably shouldn't be like, there's probably only like three options yeah. in Michigan to figure it out, but I'm not going to bring up a map right now. Yeah. Superior. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a great lake. It was something. Uh, but I, so anyways, I did that cycling trip and I was, that was going to be like my big test. I think it was Columbus day, uh, weekend or the week after I was going to do it. And, uh, it was going to be my big test. Cause then the next summer was the bike race. And, um, so I got on my bike one morning and I set out and I had everything with me. And I rode my bike up to A Bay. It's a little over 100 miles. The mm-hmm. ferry had just shut down like the day before. So I was going to have to like walk over that big, big ass bridge. And that um, is a big bridge. Yeah. I did call ahead. Do you have bridgephobia? Yes. I'm f- terrified of heights. Um, and this is where your biking career ended. Yeah. Definitely don't Literally. do the yeah. uh, local bridge. Then. So. Yeah. I, see, I, I so I get I get a little squirrely about driving over the bridges. I've all, but I always have had a fascination with walking over them. Hmm. I've never done it because, like, hmm. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I get halfway and have like a fucking panic attack. Oh, yeah, sorry. Now I'm increasingly. I've, my I've walked language, over the Brooklyn but, Bridge, but before you know, but that's. I think you walk in the middle for most of that. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I like. I went to. I, I saw the Golden Gate Bridge, and like we drove over that, and I was like, "This is." Yeah. This is this is a real bridge. You yeah. know what I mean, like. And and that one to 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 Wellesley Island in Canada that that feels like a real bridge too yeah. like just because it, it you're like going up yes. forever you're like how high is this it's a bridge like what? yeah I could not I guess physics come into it somehow yeah. but, it's the one uh, in uh, Niagara Falls the Rainbow Bridge is the yeah big one, right? yeah the Rainbow Bridge big I've one walked too. across that yeah. 
Yeah. Three oh, times, after, I believe. After being accused of being a Floridian. Yeah, I have that that had a very interesting story in front of me at at one point and as I walked across the bridge, I think the first time ever with the group that was not me. Not our group that was walking across. But uh yeah, like when you're walking across that bridge in January and the wind whipping off of just like ice particles off the falls, mm-hmm. like right into your eyes at 45 miles an hour. You're like, why am I doing this? Oh yeah, that's right. Cause I'm 19 and I can drink over there. That's why mm. I'm doing this. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yes. those. Trip so to Canada day. We yeah. would get dropped off. Uh, one of my exes had a friend that went to Niagara. So we would get dropped at dropped off at Niagara university and we walk across the bridge <laughs> and then we drink and we drink in Niagara falls for the night and we'll come back over and, Niagara Falls is such a shitty little island place. Like to, it's smell because like the. I don't um, like to speak ill of anywhere in New York, but man, yeah, it is not the greatest place. Yeah, because there's like the trash, the dump is there, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's uh, not a fun place to be for sure. Unless you're, you know, getting really drunk at the Applebee's. Yeah, right at that Applebee's. So. Uh, back to the original question. Yeah, that's probably I would have about. There's some nights I would go in there and like three or four. Some one or two nights I went in there and had like six or seven, and a shot, and half price apps. So yeah, all right, yeah. man. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like I'm. I, you've been maybe, missing out, man. Maybe I gotta go get hammered. <laughs> well, in an first Applebee's. off, you're normally <laughs> in bed well before first <laughs> yeah, half my, price apps. What time well, does half price apps start? I think it starts at nine or ten. The, so you're in yeah, bed it's a little most dicey of the time. For me. So yeah, yeah I, they're, like I'm there's very now. little chance you're gonna get half price apps. All right, all yeah. right. I love how this podcast conversation went from like kind of serious. How did you get started? Let's talk about beer. To all of a sudden. Walking across bridges and half price apps at Applebee's. Well, I mean, I don't know what you wanted to talk about today, but this is what I wanted to talk about. Oh, yeah. About. We, can, yeah. we can steer wherever you want. Bridge and half price apps. You let me ask a question. You should have just shut me down. <laughs> you want to talk about 20, uh, 25 cent wings? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, 50 cent wings. I mean, at Limp Lizard, we're do, you know, they've been doing 50 cent wings. And, uh, that is the that's best. That's the smoke wings, that right? That is the smoothest uh, plug I've or. ever seen. Yeah. You can do the smoke wings. Also, yeah, or, their wings are freaking delicious. So. I'm glad I set them up I for can't that. Even. Like, it, yeah. it was like, it was planned. It's on the, know, yeah. you'd think on the TV. On the no, thank there, you, like, to our sponsor. Uh, but I will shout out to Nick. It's wild to see. I was working the cash register the other day, and somebody called in, and they ordered like four orders of wings, and I plugged it like it was like twenty dollars, and I was, was like, "There's something wrong with the machine." <laughs> I hit the wrong button. What, what happened? And so wait, they called in the order, so you can call in the fifty cent wings. You can call in. The phone number is three one five. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, Get so your wings in. now, but oh, wait. First off, now I'm calling it 50 cent wings, so I don't have to eat there. When, is this, 50, when is this 50 cent wings? At, at North Syracuse, when it opens back up, you can get them to go. At Onondaga, you have to sit down. This is a note to my sister right. who lives in my old house in Crestwood. Yeah, yeah. because uh, so he, but he would get people that... Do they do it for lunch? Uh, he only does, Yeah, it's all day on weekends. Wait, uh, all day on weekends? weekends? Yeah, Saturdays and Sundays for football. Mm-hmm. So when football ends, the steel ends? I don't know what he's going to do. Because, like, originally it started as we won the Buffalo Wing Fest. Let's celebrate with 50-cent wings. To now there's doing it. No, it's just 50. Now i got to change the POS system, and i got to change the the discount dates, and I I just don't want to. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's been interesting. But, uh, yeah, 50-cent wings. Not 25 cents, but 50 cents. Uh, we used to go to a place in well, I used to go to a place in Oswego. You were gone by the time we found this, but twenty five cent wings at Greens 
at the top of the hill in Oswego, $5 pitchers on Monday nights. Wow. And Yeah, I probably should have said that Oswego had a lot to do with us opening a brewery, too. Lots you, of, is that how you two met? Lots of practicing drinking. No, we actually, I wor- we worked at the same ice rink in Cicero for a minute. Um, and then I went to college and was like, yeah, never going to see that dude again. And, uh, yeah, good and luck then, with that. And that, yeah, right. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, the next year, uh, I was outside my dorm room and, and Kevin walked by. I was like, oh, hey, what's up, dude? And uh, shortly thereafter, we became college roommates. And, and his roommate really couldn't throw a football all that well. So I had to replace him. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> I can just see. I I can kind of picture that. I can see Rockney outside, and then Kevin walks by with like maybe a skateboard and a hacky sack or a skateboard. And a and it was a it was, it was a baseball was that, that bag. Cool. Uh, he was he was going to baseball tryouts. Mm. Yes, and uh, should have made that. Baseball yeah, I said hey, yeah, you're still upset though. about it. Sure. Um, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and that's how now. Look at you today, Will Rock. From those early days at Oswego. Should have just let him walk by. Yeah. <laughs> if only. That's when know, you had right? the dream for half in the bag. Is that how that all worked out? One, I was one late night. Only half in the bag most of college. Uh, yeah, no, I think half in the bag might have came. I was half in the bag. One, came. Of, one of those parties that Kevin referenced at his house. I was pretty, pretty lit. And I just remember kind of grabbing Kevin and shaking him and saying, like, this is what we're going to do with you our life. A, you had a thing about shaking people back then. Well, you got, you got to understand, you know, we had, a, we had a, a really big, strong MMA friend, and I was the only other tall person in our crew, which automatically, like, made him think that, like, I was the guy that needed to know all his other MMA moves. So, like, I was being constantly put into MMA things, which I don't know anything about. And and yeah, and then like you know, I had to I had to pay it on down the line, you know. Mm. Yeah, so like that time you took picked Tim up and shook him and made him throw up. Hey, he that Yeah, sorry, Tim. <laughs> oh, oh Tim. Well, Tim Shore? He, no, 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 no so our, our friend Tim McNally. Roommate in uh he uh, yeah, roommate from college again. We went out to Blue Tusk. We were having <laughs> a great night and uh we did shots to end the night and uh well, Tim did shots to end his night. Oh, I had a shot. You did a shot? Huh? I had a shot. Yeah. Tim's en- night ended after Oh, right. No, shot. our night didn't The rest end. of us yes, stayed correct. in the bar and continued to drink for an hour. No, I got kicked bouncer. out. No, yeah. No, I got kicked out immediately. Oh, so, you got kicked out too? Yeah. So I, uh, I, you know, I was really excited we did these shots. So, um, uh, I was just happy to see him. Yeah, I was just happy to see Tim. And, like, you know, I just picked him up and, and like, I love you. Shook him a little bit. And he immediately went and threw up. <laughs> And uh, which is not out of the case for Tim. No, it's very on brand. So yeah. like I went back to go to go to the bar to get a drink and the bouncer was like, You gotta go. And uh I was like, Oh, surely you're not pointing at me. I must be standing in front of some miscreant. And uh no, it it was me. And that's the only time I ever been kicked out of a bar. Hmm. So I just stood outside and, and I think one of you brought me a beer. Probably you. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, probably me. And yeah. then yeah, I just sat there and just waited. Wouldn't have been anybody else. Maybe Dan. Waited Dan until might have thought about s- it. Someone came in a car and got he us. Wouldn't have bought so. it for you, but. Oh, I might have still had a tie. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't. know. Who knows? Uh, yeah, Tim uh, did not farewell. Tim, Tim was Tim was outside with me pretty quickly. He had a uh, adult timeout, is what he called it, when uh, all of his friends would still be inside the bar drinking while he was sitting outside with the bouncer because he had been kicked out. But the bouncer's just like. You're fine. You're not going to do anything. You're a tiny little man. <laughs> you know, the, uh, he did have some good friendships with the bouncers, though. I remember him telling fondly 
A lot of, a lot of, hey, how you doing? They would get Com- coming into the bar. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's good. So how come, how come with like craft breweries, there isn't much of like a drunk culture, like a dr- like a really we're gonna go after it drinking culture. So we I did speaks to the the time of the day most people drink at the breweries. I feel like it. You don't people don't normally turn it up that much during the week to begin with. Yeah. And then kind of on the weekends, like our busiest times kind of in the middle of the afternoon. Like hmm. it's, I, I'm not going to say they're pregame, but it's like, it's more of a travel thing. It's like, I'm bringing my kids. I'm going to have a couple of drinks, you know, hmm. we'll eat at the food truck. If there's one there, we'll bring food in if there isn't. And it's not really, it's just not really a good drinking scene. Like I said earlier, it's just not a, yeah. like people aren't out to do that, to get drunk. They're kind of just out there and it, might happen. Yeah. Is that, is that like the air, like, I mean, areas for growth of a local breweries. Do you think that's one of them is like creating more of like a get, let's get drunk culture. I don't, I don't think think anyone wants to invite that upon themselves. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, thinking back to those crazy days at two in the morning, uh, I don't think anyone was happy, you know, (laughs) that that we were doing what we were doing. Uh, I mean, you know, maybe the, the bartenders after close when they were counting tips. But like, you know, we did that as 21, 22 year olds. And that's just not and, our crowd. And, you know, I don't, it's I don't not think that, that that's crowd. what overlaps with a lot of the craft beer scene nowadays. I remember, I remember, you know, that Blue Tusk night, uh, you know, and every night we went, I remember my favorite beer was whatever was on the $3, it needs to go pour. So, you know what I mean? It was, it was more of like tab. a, yeah, the mystery tab. So you know, it was more of a value conscious beer purchasing as it, than it was. All right, I'm here to, you know, ha- have some quality beverages and really mm. try to figure out stylistically what I like. Maybe it started like that for one or two, but then, you know, yeah. by two in the morning, it's all right. I got six bucks left in my wallet, and I'm not done yet. Let's yeah. go. Hmm. Yeah, I just don't think that that's an area that anybody, any brewery, really wants to promote. Yeah. Anyways, unless you're kind of on that fringe of brewery bar. Yeah. Like if you were if you were a brew pub, you had food and you were also you had a full liquor license as well as your own beer, like you had six taps on because you didn't have a huge system and then, you know, you had domestics on that type of stuff and you wanted to push that limit. I think that's where you would go. But your typical tap room, I don't I don't think you want that because I think it changes the atmosphere. Yeah. It makes people feel uncomfortable and like the sooner you get to something like that, the sooner you end up with somebody like that in the middle of the afternoon. Mm. And then all of a sudden it doesn't feel like a place that you want to bring your two kids to, or Mm. you want to like hang out in because then you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, craft beer has always been about having a good time. And then, you know, as us as brewery owners, uh, having a space to facilitate a good time. And I think part of that is, is being healthy and safe and, you know, having a place where there isn't just people drunk and falling all over the place. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not, you know, when you see stories of, you know, neighborhood associations rising up against new breweries opening, like they always like, hmm. what about the drunks? And like, you know, I think everyone, regardless beer, food, whatever, everyone is a much more conscious consumer nowadays hmm. than we were, you know, even just five or 10 years ago. Yeah. Let, let alone 20. Like and Pre-COVID. Yeah. And Everybody seems to stay a less amount of time now hmm. than what they used to. Well, not even that. Just, you know, people 
people want to ensure that they're going to be able to have, you know, the, the best amount of time for, for their hard earned dollar. And yeah. I think when, you know, when you're going out and I, I think, yeah, like you were saying, you know, we, we get busy in the afternoon, stuff like that, you know, people want to be able to ensure that they're going to have a good time and, and be able to remember what they did and, and what they enjoyed and, you know, continue on with the rest of their day. So, yeah. Hmm. Everybody's still got stuff to do at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, we yeah. all busy. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I get, I do get that. I mean, you know, I'm not really, you know, I'm 36 now with a kid. You know, I'm, we're not. You got a kid? Got a kid. Got a kid. This has not come up before. Got a little babes. Yeah. All babes. Uh, two months today. What? what? Um, yeah. Congratulations, little Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. Number five. Number five. Right. Isn't he Anthony Tringle the fifth? Oh, he is the fifth. Yeah. yeah Yes, I mean he's not the you fifth, but he's there's five of them. Yeah, there's five of them for sure. There's five five Anthony Tringales in our family. Um, yeah, no, we definitely. I mean, I don't get I mean, the, the, even the past few years. The times that I would go get drunk would be if we went to like one of the beer festivals or you know somebody's wedding, you know, uh, friend's wedding. I think last January we were at a friend's wedding. The night before, I had like twelve. Double bourbons. I had a lot of bourbon that night. That's a few. Uh, I had a lot of bourbon that night. Maybe it wasn't 12. But uh, that was probably the last time that I got drunk. And, yeah, definitely I get that as you get older. It's just, you know, um, obviously working for you all and then, like, doing stuff for other breweries in town with Eat Local New York. Like, I'm thinking, how do you increase – how do you really increase beer sales? And do you try to get the one person to drink more? Um, or are you trying to appeal to like that drunk <laughs> culture, so to speak, not drunk culture, but that kind of like party, you know, come get a 12 pack, go through it this weekend culture, you know, what are you trying to really kind of go after with that? You see a little bit of everything, you know, yep. I mean, you see some breweries, you know, kind of, um, have different events and stuff that might be more, um, party oriented, yeah. you know, whatever. It's whatever, you know, fits your vibe and fits what you're doing. Like, I think there's always a place to go, you know, have a crazy time and, and you yeah. know, get sloshed and whatever. Um, and, you know, and then there's, you know, there's a time to go and have a beer and watch a football game and have a bunch of beers and watch a football game. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in regards to increasing sales, I don't think the answer's ever been get that person to drink more. I think it's always been get more people to drink. Yeah, you any. want more yeah. people drinking more things because ultimately that starts to push the word of mouth more yeah. than, you know, 20 people just drinking 40 beers. Yeah. And, it, like, the more touch you have, whether or not it's – and it's not even really a table turn because I'm happy to see people sit there for a long time and drink beers and enjoy themselves – but it's just one of those you want you want more people coming in on a more consistent basis, whether mm-hmm. or not like there's Thursday regulars and Friday regulars and Saturday regulars or there's you know the people that show up five days a week yeah. right and I think you see some of the most successful places do that through a variety of things you know you you can have a party day, you can have a board game you know you can have all these different things that appeal to different groups of people, but I think ultimately your goal is to accommodate the the widest variety of people, yeah, yep. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. For everybody who's... Thanks for telling me your Applebee's story. Oh, you're yeah. welcome. 
And I, I you know what? I was more interested in the bike riding story that got us to Bridges. Yeah, yeah. you know, that one was very like, interesting. I'm wondering, are you planning on riding the like Empire State Trail once it's completed? Uh, I think it is completed, isn't it? Like, probably. I, there there's is. like some like little things that are like just yeah, like pat. Like they're not. There's not an actual like thing. Like it's gonna go down this street and then yeah. this street to get back onto the path. There is a bike ride that goes from I think Buffalo to Albany. And yeah, that's the Empire State Trail, isn't it? I think it is, yeah. yeah. And um, but there's like a group that has put it together, business, and you can you pay to be a part of it. And it's it's not. I don't think it's really meant for like experienced hardcore distance cyclists. It's meant for like that avid bicyclist, you know. And um, the person who probably does like 20 miles a week, maybe, um, or 10 miles on the weekend, that sort of a person. But you can pay. You can pay so they have a support vehicle. They do have a support vehicle that goes with you, but for like, you know, tires and chains and that kind of stuff. But heart you, attacks. Yeah. But you can also pay heart attacks. But you can also pay for them to like go ahead and you can like rent a tent and food and that kind of stuff. And that support, they'll go up to like the next campsite and make sure when you show up, you have a tent and everything's ready. Go get some five guys for me. Yeah. yeah. So you can find the local Applebee's. Yeah, yeah. Maybe grub of it. <laughs> yeah. I eventually I always said I needed to do these sort of I wanted to do those sort of things like that bike race before we had kids. And obviously that didn't happen. Oh no. Do you do you feel uh, like there are some opportunities that have now faded away for you? There definitely are, and I think that just comes with parenthood in general. I mean, like I any growth. Yeah. I mean, I don't it's not that I not that I'm like sitting at home like I can't believe this kid's keeping me from doing this stuff. But uh, you know, Somebody texted me the other night. I sent like a picture to two friends from the funny picture from when we were at Kitty Hoynes like four months ago at midnight. And um, they were, you know, their response was, We got to go out and do that again. And I was like, Yeah, you guys can FaceTime me while you're there, you know, because uh, it's not going to happen anytime soon. Like, I'm not going to be out until 12, 1 o'clock, or even 9 o'clock on a weeknight, you know, on any night. If I can help it, uh, so th- some of that stuff has definitely changed with parenthood, and I'm sure that'll change I again. I have different stories. <laughs> I'm sure that'll change again as I get older, <laughs> as the kid gets older. You know, and well, I think it's always about the family dynamic too. Yeah, it's not necessarily just like it's how you feel comfortable within your family, yeah, and how you feel comfortable within everything. Like obviously. I'm bartending a couple of days a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm not getting home before nine o'clock, right? And then I still. I'm still playing hockey and volleyball, and my wife's great that she's at home and she's yeah. supportive that I'm allowed to go out and do those. But those are my two things that I really do. Yeah, like I'm not other than bartending, which is part of the job, right? And playing volleyball and hockey, like I'm not really doing anything else unless like the kids and her are coming with me. Yeah, so it's not like I'm out at Kitty Hoynes doing shots at right one in the morning. Yeah, you're not still doing Applebee's shots. <laughs> No, we get Applebee's to go. <laughs> do yeah. they still do half price apps to go? I don't think so. Don't all, right. all, all the half price stuff you need to—it's to get you inside to get you to well, drink. Then yeah. we're back to Fifty Cent Wings at Limp Lizard today's sponsor. Please call at. And with that, thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Well, there it is, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Make sure you connect with us online at eatlocalnewyork.com, where you can find all of our previous podcast episodes, along with pick up your Eat Local New York card. 
Great way to get out there, support local, and save money at over 140 locally owned restaurants. You can save $5 and spend $25 or more. Just pick up your Eat Local New York card and connect with us on social media. All right. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to catch you back here next week for another episode of the Eat Local New York podcast. Mm-hmm.